Welcome to the X Podcast. We're so glad to have you back. Today is a special episode. I'm actually alone here with my good friend, Greg Ford. How are you doing, brother? Hey, great, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on our podcast. Normally, Russ is on here with me, and he is stuck in South Africa and can't get home. What, what part of South Africa? Uh, Johannesburg was the last I heard. Nice. So I don't know. All I know was he was supposed to be back. He can't get back. His flights are a mess. He's stuck over there. And Sounds so, like a cheap excuse to me. It does. It you know, does. So where there's a will, there's a will. I might need a new co-host. So maybe if you <laughs> want to join me for good, you can do that. Where but do I fly? Yeah, he might. He wish he could be here. But anyways, um, I'm glad to have you on. Greg's a friend of mine, actually, for a long time. We've kind of been, uh, what did you say, co-laborers yeah. in kind of the ministry and what we do. He leads one church in Gahanna. Would you say Gahanna? Columbus? What, yeah. what would you guys yeah. Just Columbus. That's yeah. what we say. Gahanna, Columbus. I'm in Canal Winchester, but nobody knows where it is, so yeah. I just say Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> uh, a dynamic church, incredible pastor, incredible leader. Uh, I've been able to, I don't know if you ever remember this, one of the first time I ever met you. You probably won't remember this. The, it, oh my gosh, this was a long time ago. Uh, me and one of my staff members went on a Sunday to visit you when you guys were meeting in a school. Yeah. Not it's funny, you're still meeting in school. Yeah. <laughs> but back, do you remember those days when yeah. you were back meeting in with a school? Oh, yeah. And so we went and actually visited you when you were meeting in the school. And so I've had an opportunity just to kind of watch what God has done through your church and through you and your ministry. It's pretty awesome. Thanks, man. What's L- happened. Likewise. So, likewise. So. And, you know, this incredible facility and, you yeah. know, the way you've led the way. Yeah. And I, I got to say, I, I don't know who all will listen to this. I'm sure some of the yeah. people that, uh, that attend your church and then yeah. others that don't. But uh, the guy who is leading this podcast in this church um, is the kind of guy who out of the blue will just text or call uh, a co-laborer mm-hmm. in the city and just with a word of encouragement yeah. or a prayer. Yeah. And you got a million things on your mind uh, with your own church and your own family and everything going on. And it seems like Tim, mm-hmm. every time you, you do that, it's like exactly when I need it. Oh, that's cool. And, and I'm, you know, obviously you're doing your thing. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that you care about other people other than just yeah. yourself or people who can benefit you mm-hmm. says a lot about you, man. And I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I pray for you and your church. I, I, I've had this thing for years that I don't know, God laid on my heart a long time ago. I just pray for, I, I have a drive-in every Sunday, and so part of my drive-in is I pray for all the pastors that I know in the city and their mm-hmm. churches, and so I pray for you on a regular basis and love Thanks, what man. God's doing. Thank you. And I have known several of your staff members, and just you, you've got a, a great work going on there, and so I just thought it would be cool to have you on here, but I like you as a person. Like, you're just a, you're a fun guy. You have a lot of crazy sides to you, and so <laughs> l- let me just, before we dive into maybe just some some conversation about what's going on in the world, what's going on in your life, what's going on you know, in leadership. Um, le, le, I wanted to maybe introduce you to a few folks. And yeah. so um, maybe say just for a moment a little bit about your family. Why don't you yeah. just describe your family? They're, they're yep. incredible. So Yeah, yeah. So uh, my wife, Shayla, and I uh, have three kids. Yeah. So daughter Ella is oldest. Yeah. She's 13. Mm, and, teenage uh, years. Teenage, you know. <laughs> which, honestly, How's it going? I ain't even worried about it. Dude, yeah. honestly, like Ella and I, she's so smart, and yeah. like, and like our conversations, we're, we're tight. We are yeah, yeah. super tight. That's so cool. I mean, I'm sure she's gonna make mistakes. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. But I, I just don't worry about losing a relationship with her. Yeah. She's we're we're super tight. That's cool. Um, and then I have two sons, yeah. and they're both on the autism spectrum. Yeah. So our son Hudson uh, is ten. Our son Miles is six. And people ask about like, well, where are they on the spectrum, right? Yeah. And it's not like a scale of one to ten. <laughs> yeah. it's not like he's like a six. Yeah. Um. You know, they they give you an IEP, which is basically yeah. a 
a little novel about Wham. how your kid's doing socially, you know, and 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 then you know his ability to do math and and schoolwork and yeah. all communication and all of those kind of things. So our our middle son, who's ten, he's a little more severe, mm. and Miles, our younger, is a. Uh, uh, a little less severe, but they're right. both uh, pretty obviously on there. So yeah. that's where we're at. What's it, what's it, what was it like when you kind of when you guys first discovered this? I assume yeah. you you discovered this with the, your middle son. Yeah. First. Yes. Obviously, and what what went through your mind? Because I'm sure there are people who listen or watch this that maybe you know they got their own kind of personal family dynamic and some challenges yeah. with their kids and things like that. What went through your mind? What's it been like to try to be a dad in this? Yeah. First of all, thanks for asking, dude. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was crazy. Honestly, it blindsided me. Like mm-hmm. I, I, um, I knew something wasn't right, and and I, you know, people often mean well, so they they would say, well, he's just a boy. Boys are different than girls. You can't compare him to Ella because our our daughter was very verbal, very early, yeah. and he wasn't trying to talk, and he wasn't doing. You know, he wasn't social at all. People would come over to our house. He would cling to my wife's leg and cry. Mm-hmm. So people go, oh, you know, sometimes that happens. But I felt like something was wrong. Mm. And so I started kind of reading up on it. And by, and by the time we had, he was about four, wasn't trying to talk, oh, yeah. um, wasn't potty training or even yeah. close. Um, and when, when he was diagnosed, I actually had a measure of peace because I'm like, okay, at least we know what's up. Like, yeah. I'm tired of fighting blindfolded. At, at yeah. least, like, I know, you know, who we need help from and whatever. So I had actually a guy in our church who has an adult son with autism, mm. and he said, Greg, you need to mourn the son you thought you were going to have. Because when, wow. when you imagine having a son, you were thinking like you and your dad. You were yeah. thinking like, oh, we're going to play ball, and we're going to, you know, like be yelling at the TV together at mm. the Buckeye game and, yeah. you know, all this. And, and that's not my relationship with my son, you know. No. Um, so he's like, you need to mourn that. Mm. And, and I would have never thought to do that, but that was Really That's, good advice. That is good advice. So I did. I kind of went through a process of mourning, and we thought we were done having kids. And then my wife gets pregnant again, you mm. know, before we'd done all the official stuff <laughs> to make sure we could. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and so then Surprise. We, yeah. <laughs> so then we find out we're having a boy. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, that's kind of cool because, you know, we'll circle the wagons around Hudson. We'll help him out. Yeah. And now we're going to have – I will – it was almost like that dream was mm. – resurrected that makes sense and then um you know there is you know stats around if you have one child with autism you're like i think it's 30 percent more likely to have oh. a second or something like that and i knew that the, but is it they feel like it's a genetic thing i mean that, that's you a long think, that, i mean it, 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 it yeah i think it probably has a component to that okay i mean you know some people uh think it has something to do with vaccines or has to do yeah. with food or gut like there's a yeah. lot linked to the gut hmm. um so the bottom line is it's not conclusive. Yeah, like, okay. we don't really know. It's probably some sort of combination. Yeah. There's some catalyst out there because mm-hmm. of just the spike in numbers. Yeah. Like, when you and I were kids. Do you think it's a spike in numbers or we are now aware? Like, um, I, like I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, I guess the, the data analytics around that is probably a bit of both. I mean, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know it real well, but mm. I would say, yeah, there are probably – people we grew up with that we knew were a little different socially yeah. that, that that probably were somewhere on the spectrum that never were diagnosed. But I think, you know, the numbers are pretty mm. huge. I mean, it was whatever one in some thousand when we were kids and now it's one in something like 48 or something. Wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, really it does seem more prevalent. Than, than, yeah. You, you, everyone knows something, yeah. whether it's yeah. in their own family or a friend, like yeah. it's in, and growing up, I didn't know anyone. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I, I did either. Anyone and that that is interesting yeah. because I feel like today you can't almost grow up without knowing someone, and not 100%. just not just online or social media, but I think like either your family or your circle. Which, by the way, I do feel a bit fortunate 
that that's kind of in a sense like my sons are a little more understood than they would have been 20 yeah, years ago. Like if we're true. at a park and my my son is sort of being who he is, mm. people don't just think he's weird. They they recognize oh something's up there. Yeah. And I think it's just a little bit more grace maybe. Yeah, a lot more grace. That's cool. Like like and I appreciate that, yeah. you know, and, and schools are more equipped than yeah. they used to be and That's true. all of that. So anyway, when we found out about that probability or likelihood, I, I, um, I don't tend to worry. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. And then pretty soon my, my uh, second son started to have a lot of the same, really? very similar things. Mm. So then we found out, yeah, he was on as well. And that one hit me harder. That one was like a major blow because I almost felt like, the first time I mourned and grieved and yeah. rebounded, and then it was resurrected. You thought, you, yeah, and it was like I didn't even ask for another son, and I, and I, and then now I've got to grieve all over again. And, and so it was funny because my first son, my my wife was in the valley of despair, mm. and I was doing great. And then we inverted, and with our second, she was doing great, and I and I was like mm. just angry. I wasn't even angry at God. I wasn't angry at yeah, anybody. Situation. I was just. I was just angry because I was kind of wounded, you know, mm. and, and, and so I had to kind of figure that out. And I hate being sad, dude. Yeah. I hate being yeah. sad. I'll avoid sadness. You like, always seem like the oh. kind of person that you always are just happy, yeah, positive, dude. excited. Let's go. I want to have fun. Like, I'm yeah. a fun-loving dude. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like being sad. Mm. So, But I had to I had to kind of walk that That's through cool. in a healthy weather. Otherwise, it was going to come out sideways. It was starting to. So I... You know. I think it's so true just in general. It's one of the things I, I've talked a lot about on this podcast, just kind of my journey to understanding emotional health. And I think we all go through different things. But I, I think I, I would imagine you look at even that journey helps shape who not only who you are, but who you are as a leader. Like Massive. you're probably a much better pastor having gone through that. Like there's things, you know what I mean? I've gone through and stuff that I'm like, I Massive. see people differently now. Yep. I have empathy that I didn't have before. I can, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I can, like when somebody in their family is going through something, there's a way that you can connect because you connect with your weakness and your yep. pain, and so that's, I mean, that's that's pretty significant. It, it deepens you. Yeah. It really does because yeah. even even in what we do theologically, mm -hmm. we do you know in terms of as church, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we know in a sense it's eternal and it's deep and it's whatever, but. It can become shallow. Yeah, it definitely can become yeah. shallow. It it can become a stage and a speaker and and a music set yeah. and whatever. And and when you have something hit you right between the eyes and like rip your heart out, mm. you know it it really does like mm. deepen you that you're you're asking questions of God. Yeah. You're going into zones <clears throat> that you really don't want to go in, mm. but something's happening in that process if you if you'll let it. Yeah. And and you know. It has a lot to do with the decisions you make around what am I going to make of this? Yeah. Am, I, am I going to stick my head in the sand? Am I going to be in denial? Am, am I going to get angry and bitter? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to see this as an opportunity uh, in a fellowship of suffering yeah. uh, to actually becoming more like Christ and seeing mm. things, myself, people, yeah. situations differently? Mm. That's so incredible. And so um, you got a family, a, a wife three kids but let's talk about uh mrs world yeah so your wife i mean this is kind of, that's kind of crazy yeah. i don't know if you think it's crazy it's, maybe not it's pretty crazy but your wife i remember i texted you back last fall and you were i think at vegas at the time mm -hmm. because she was doing mrs america yeah not miss let's right. not confuse Correct. the two she is married yeah. to you that, that mrs is very yeah, yeah mrs america and she won i was like yeah. 
Dang, that's yeah. incredible. And then I learned recently she won Mrs. World. Yeah. So, like, what does it mean to be, like, <laughs> Mr. World? Oh, wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. That, what, you wouldn't be Mr. That's not Arnold's title. I'm Hold on. Even, you I'm are the Mr. First, what is it called? Mrs. World. The what, first husband. The first husband <laughs> to Mrs. World. What is that? What was that like? Like, I mean, she used to, I think I remember you telling me that years ago, she used to do pageant yeah. stuff before. Yeah. How in the world do you... Yeah grown have kids go you know i think i want to compete yeah again yeah so here, here's what's crazy. I, i've got to hear this yeah all right so when she was single right mm -hmm. she was like in pageantry and whatever and okay. did really well and won a lot of stuff and all that so we get married and in 2014 she came to me and was like hey i um you know there there's a mrs thing right <laughs> yeah. so they do the same thing for single women they do for married women she's yeah. like uh what would you think if i did it? i was like well Dude, I'm here for you. Like you've done nothing but support me. You know, I, yeah. I want to do whatever you you want. And uh, so she did it. So she won M Mrs. Ohio yeah. in 2014, and she goes to mm. Mrs. America. Well, she got pregnant with my son Miles. Oh, before she so when she went to Mrs. America in 2014, she was 18 weeks pregnant. Oh wow. So that, that, that affects, you know, essentially your presentation, right? Yeah. So she didn't even tell anyone, but you kind of tell, like, you know, she was a little pregnant. Mm. So anyway, she went through. Actually, well, baby was bump. A, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> made the top 15, all this. And if you know my wife, my wife is competitive, but she's a weird kind of competitive. She doesn't want anyone to lose. She wants to win, <laughs> but she doesn't want anyone else to lose. I'm, I'm yeah, the opposite. Like, yeah. I want to win, and I want, I want, I want other you. people to I lose. I want to beat you. Yes, dude. Yes. Want, okay, like, yes. and I want you to know it. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> she is not that way at all, mm. like, but she does love to win. Yeah. So she would kind of over the years, like, you know, man, I just kind of – I don't mind losing, but I, I just wish I could have done my best, whatever. So I was like, hey, look, if you ever want to do it again, then do it again. So she, she actually turns 38, but she's, she doesn't mind – Wow. telling her age she turns 30 well when you win mrs world you probably aren't too worried about it you're like yeah i won that and i'm this age <laughs> so she she turns 38 actually uh saturday wow this saturday so well happy she's birthday 30, 37 okay and and she's like you know it's kind of now or never yeah so she just decided like i'm gonna get at my absolute best hmm. so she hired a trainer she you know did this certain diet routine oh, sure. all this. and then honestly man between 2014 and now the amount of work that she has done on herself in terms of her own mind, like even this journey with our boys yeah. that you mentioned earlier, even COVID, like a lot of the things that it just forced her to address some things in her life, mm. some deep things that she had been avoiding that put her in an unbelievable headspace, mm. like, like more healthy than she's ever been. That's, that's cool. So she goes, hey, mm. I'm going to go for this. So she goes. When did she decide she was going to go for it? It was originally about 2014, so about a year ago. Yeah, about a year ago. So there was about a six-year yeah. gap, seven-year gap yeah. almost. Six, yeah, six and year it was kind of like, hey, it's now or never. I'm yeah. 37, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the window in the Mrs. World. Like, they're oh. usually, like, 35 to 40 or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, so anyway, so she's like, it's now or never, I'm going to do it. Cool. So she goes, wins Ohio, <clears throat> goes to America and Vegas, you know? And again, yeah. I don't. it's kind of weird because you're there against 50, 50. people, right? So you're you're kind of in there like... What are your like chances? You daughter, got a one in 50, right? My You're father-in-law. Like, yeah. We're cheering her, you know. But she wins, you know, and it was like, it's it's hard for me to know because I wasn't surprised, but it was also like, I'm I'm far from objective, right? Yeah. I, it's like, I think she's the best person in the world. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, I, I think she should win, but whatever, you know. And she goes through and she wins, which I was like super 
I, I wouldn't even say proud of her because I'm yeah. already proud of her. I don't need anything else to right. be more proud. I was happy for her. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. So then she goes to the world, which is like, <laughs> it's like 50-some countries. People from everywhere, Sri Lanka, um, United Arab Emirates, Jordan. Actually, wow. dude, you know what's funny? So the woman that won runner-up is the wife of Scott Stapp from Creed. Are you serious? I swear. Oh, my god. You're sitting gosh. in the row in front of me, dude. <laughs> That's yeah, Scott, uh, oh. Scott Stapp. So anyway, she's from Jordan, the, yeah. the nation of Jordan. So anyway, all over the world, and again, you just have no idea, and she just kept she making that. it through, and she won. And that's that's so crazy. I'm, I'm pumped for her because yeah. honestly, so my wife's an Enneagram five. My wife is really smart. Wow. She she is she an introvert? Usually um, fives she, are. I'm just curious. She is naturally more of an introvert. She's a homebody. Like if you leave her alone, she she likes to put in a podcast or a book in mm -hmm. her ear, yep. and work around the house and like. But she is so smart yeah. and has so many great thoughts that. The thing she's most excited about, actually, is doing podcasts. She's getting all these podcast opportunities to yeah. talk about whatever, whatever, yeah, platform. And, and and that platform. So it's opening some cool. Dang, doors why didn't for I have her on you air should. instead you of should. you? you all right, maybe we could have her back. You should. I would love to hear more it, about the story and what's like her brain. That's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, pretty incredible. Talk to her about sharks. Huh? Talk to her about sharks. I love sharks. It's like her. She's gone free diving. Okay. In the ocean, no cage. I, I don't know if I. Love them that Facts. much, but I do love. I mean, I like anything in the wild that could kill you. I run after them. You need. So to have I might. Her on. I might do it. Like you need to have. Her like on your I, there's been times we were driving through the hills of Tennessee and a bear runs across it, and I was like, hit the brakes, and I'm running after it with my phone trying to get his picture. Like I chased it. I'm scared of ferrets. Oh, I'm, like, I'm scared of. I got my picture one time in front of about a six or seven foot gator. I was in Florida, and they were. Uh, the, um, we were at a golf course, and it was sunning itself on the side. I told my buddy, I was like, I've got to get a picture with it. Here's my, and at that time it was camera. And so I got to probably about um, 10 or 15 feet from it, maybe a little bit less than that. I turned my back to it, squatted down, I said, take my picture. And I, my, my friend who lives in Florida, he was like, you're an idiot. I was like, man, I know, just run in a serpentine. It'll never catch me. Those things will catch you. Bro, but but I you. but I love, like, the thrill of wild animals. You need and to have So we'll have Shailen on here. If I see a duck-billed platypus, I won't get out of the car. <laughs> I won't get out of the car. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I think I like your wife already. Yeah, she's but, great. No, that's cool. And so uh, you love a, a lot of things. We'll get into a couple just cultural things because I love to hear – one of the things we love to do is we love to add other voices to this. We love to get into conversations about different things and what's going on. Um, but uh, you are a huge Buckeye fan. So big time. that big time and football, right? Oh, yeah. Huge. So how are they going to be this year? Buckeyes? What, how are they going to do? Oh, I think they're going to be really good. What's, I mean, what's well, the prediction? I, are they going to make the Are they going to make the playoffs? Yeah. They're going to make the playoffs. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Are, I, are we going to have a Heisman winner on the team? I mean, we have the potential. Heisman's always tough to pick because every, every time it's like the preseason favorite, I feel like almost never wins. Yeah, I mean, you got to feel great about CJ. Oh, I mean, this he dude looks phenomenal. Is, oh, he is. He got well, better every game. Trevion Henderson. Trevion Henderson. I mean, you still Their have wideouts are great. Great wideouts. We out. just picked up an offensive lineman. Did you hear? Uh, um, no. Oh yeah, we just picked up an offensive lineman. I forget. He was, I think, in the transfer transfer portal that was like stud someplace else so like our and, line's and we, still full of maulers and we still have and then here's what i'm excited about i know people don't like sports too bad here's the thing that i love i actually love that ryan day you want to talk about a leadership decision i love that he went in they're they're perennial at the top 
And he goes in and goes, we didn't win the big one. I'm cutting. And he gets rid of yeah. Combs. He gets yeah. rid of all, all yeah. of these things. And he brings in some offensive line coach, yep. defensive you know, coordinator, all new staff. I'm kind of excited to see what they create. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, like even some of the positions that were a little weak last year, yeah. I mean, if you, you look at that linebacker, linebacker. room, it, it went up. Did it go? I, I haven't followed it. Oh yeah, linebacker well, well, no, and, and well, defensive backs, quarterbacks they, they, haven't been good. They, they have everybody, you know, pretty much everybody back yeah. at backer. And then you've yeah. got young lions coming in at that position. And then and then you've got some of these like super highly touted like Jack Sawyer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he actually came on last year. I mean, these guys are a year a year in that weight Hungry. program. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They've got they're going to be. I need to get in that weight good. program, man. It bulked me up. <laughs> I can't get in that weight program. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, okay. So, I want to ask you. Um, right now, there's obviously a lot going on in the world, and I, I would love to know, just like when it comes to what's happening uh, across the globe right now in Russia and Ukraine, and that's a topic that we're going to dive into on this podcast. Probably do a few episodes and just kind of walk through a little bit what's going on. I'd love to know your thoughts. What's yeah? What, what's what's been going on in your mind as you kind of watch what's unfolding happen in Ukraine? Yeah, I think. Um, so, as an introduction to my thought, mm -hmm. um, I was listening to something not too long ago from a historian who was talking about, he was predicting 100 years from now. Mm -hmm. So he said, 100 years from now, the story won't be about what we think it's about now. Mm -hmm. So he said, what we think it's about now is we think it's about uh, politics, or we think it's about social issues, or we think it's about COVID-19. He's like, the story will be about the information age and the mm -hmm. transition from the industrial age to the information age mm -hmm. and how we just didn't know how to do that mm. and how it created so much anxiety. So he compared it to when we went from an agrarian society mm -hmm. to, a, to a, an industrial. So you have everything going from agricultural to now people are building factories and what's yeah. going to happen to the farm. And, right. and that was actually when there was prohibition because, you know, it was like whatever it was, 85% of Americans agreed that alcohol should be illegal. Right. <laughs> which, is funny? Like, which is like, which is like, but, but illegal. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? But like, no matter what you think about yeah. alcohol, like we're all probably like, it shouldn't be illegal. Mm -hmm. But 85% of Americans that don't agree on anything agreed on that because alcohol was such a big coping mechanism for the anxiety and the stress mm -hmm. of going from an agrarian society to an industrial. Well, you extrapolate that out to what we have now going from industrial to information to where now you've got one of these and I got one, you mm -hmm. know, and everyone does. And Mamma has Facebook and yeah. like everybody's on. So with that, it's exponentially more stressful, which is the rise in suicides and yeah. the rise in all this. Sure. So you look back even at a COVID-19, whatever you think about how that was handled sure. or what that was like, it was obviously highly <clears throat> inflamed by, social media yeah the fact that things can actually go viral now ideas and feelings and mm -hmm. nobody wants to get caught on video or nobody wants their stuff to get you know yeah well you know hey x church you know there was a a big spread or whatever it might right. be it affects everything mm -hmm. so to the war that's starting to go on now it's going to be very interesting to see this is the first war that's a, a leader is leading from instagram Mm -hmm. Zelensky and, yeah. is leading his nation on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I, it's it's totally he changed was going the narrative. Up a million followers a, a, a day. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, of just people going like, what does this guy have to say? 
my daughter comes in. My daughter was watching lives mm-hmm. from Zelensky, Ukraine. Oh yeah, like people in Ukraine going live on stuff going on. So it's not like you know the media can't control it. So now with social media, you're going, man, like a guy like a, a, a Zelensky becomes. He went from a guy I kind of knew who Zelensky was to like the guy oh. I'm most interested to hear what he has to say today. Right that you, you can see how volatile the whole situation mm-hmm. is in terms of countries going, well, here, here's the role we want to play or don't want to play. But now Zelensky has become, well, let's look up real quick. Again, and, and this isn't about, we're not just talking about social right. influence of, you know, in a petty way in terms of how many uh, followers does someone have. But, but this is a guy right now that, that really does have global influence. He's got 16 million people. Yeah. Who are who are watching what he has to say? They if have they have Russia they have goes, about forty four million in their entire country. So so when you consider the, the, the size of that, and it, it is it, like I think what you're saying his is inf- his influence yeah. is global. So so if Ru- Russia goes in and kills this guy, mm-hmm. or again you're seeing out like guys like the Klitschko brothers, like these are these are world famous people. They're going fighting for their country, yep. and you start seeing their corpses. Oh, it's what, it's definitely changed the narrative do? of what's going on when it comes to conflict. In terms of volatility. Yeah. And, and then in ter- and, and the, just when you look at how it, it is, it can be somewhat concerning, right? You mm-hmm. look and you go, even something like a uh, no-fly zone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hear that. Throw, oh, we got to do a yeah. no-fly zone. Well, you're committing now to shooting planes out of the sky, which can go nuclear really quickly. Oh, that's, I think that's the big concern that my guess is president biden has and all of them you don't know what you're dealing with with putin and having his fingers on the uh, and they have a quite a nuclear arsenal and you go nuclear the war the world might be over their relationship with china as we know it it's going to be over but if things go nuclear that's what's unique i think about when you think about world war ii and you think that to me is a that's the last almost global conflict where you had multiple nations in there um Oddly enough, Russia was kind of an ally of ours back in World War II, right? But you think back then, the worst thing that could happen did happen, not not to us, but what we caused with the atomic mm-hmm. weapons, right? Atomic bombs. Today, it's on a different scale, mm-hmm. nuclear, mm-hmm. and so, and you plus you add information to all that. And it, it's, I mean, sure, it's disconcerting. It's pretty scary. And I think that's why there's probably a lot of hesitation on how far do we get involved in this conflict? Because the moment we do, I feel like, and, and you're, you know, you're probably a little bit younger than I am, but you may remember, like, I, I grew up in around the 80s. And, like, I, at that time, the Cold War with U.S. and Russia, so anybody that's kind of, like, grew up around the 80s or before, they have a perspective of Russia that's very different than a younger generation does. Mm-hmm. And so there is it, – it feels like there have always been tensions between the U.S. and Russia. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like Putin's just – I don't want to say he's waiting for an opportunity because I think he is overestimating what his force can do. I think he's overestimating what he can do. happens with authoritarian figures. They, mm-hmm. they, they only have people telling them what they want to hear. They only do what they want to do. And I think he's probably overestimating it. But still, it's scary to think about. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, really scary. I mean, you, you, when you think about why we should pray for for our leaders, yeah, like like you go tough decision. You, you're talking about they're picking the best bad option. 
So, so you're going, you, you're going, what is the best bad option? Is the best bad option to have an, an, an outmatched Ukraine, you know, try to try to rally the European mm -hmm. Union and, and to, you know, try to get their neighbors <clears throat> to help them and, and we stay out of it. You know, we, we kind of just do a little sanction, you know, how much do you want to poke the bear? Do you want to shoot a missile at the bear? Like, well, what, what do well you let's do? also be honest. All of NATO has been afraid of Moscow for how long? I mean, Ukraine wanted to be a part of NATO. The reason why NATO didn't let Ukraine in is because they knew what was going to happen with Putin. So if you think about it, NATO has been afraid of this for a long time. And now what you get is you've got other European nations like Estonia and other ones. They're all calling for NATO to step in, like all the nations to step in no-fly zone, come and help, because you know what they're looking at? They're looking at, Putin said he was concerned that Ukraine becoming a NATO nation was going to move their enemies right to their border. So what happens when Russia now takes over, if they do take over Ukraine? All those other nations that are right along on the other side of Ukraine, now are they just the next threat? You're in NATO, you know what I mean? I think that's how they see it. They're like, we could be next. And so it's, it's it's crazy. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's. I don't. I don't think we've seen anything quite like this in my lifetime. Well, and, and again, you add you add the fuel of smartphones, and and how information and imaging come comes to us now. Yeah, it, it's 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 a different animal. Every know? conflict, I would say most conflicts, you know, because there are other conflicts that happen around the world that we, the rest of the world turns a blind eye to, mm -hmm. but when it comes to Russia or Europe, they don't. And Ukraine, and it is crazy because, like you said, all eyes are on this now, and I think that draws almost everybody into it somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then you know with China, and so I don't know. I, I'm just I it's probably hard, the most I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken yeah, for really the Ukrainian is. people because here they are, and it's clear they're not the aggressor. Yeah. They're just trying to live life. Yeah. And, and you get the the Russian, you know, um, just dictator that really comes in. And I, even even with that, I was reading over fifteen thousand Russians have been arrested or detained because they protested the war. You can't say anything negative against it. News stations have been shut down. Social media influencers, like I mean, they're shutting down. Like I mean, Instagrams. I mean, like they're shutting down Facebook. They're shutting down all this stuff because they want to control the narrative. Hmm. And so it's it's pretty fascinating what's going on. And like you said, though. When have we ever had a front row seat to this and not through the media? Yeah. But like you said, through. And it's crazy that even as we're recording this right now, today was a day when Zelensky was going to address Congress again. And so I haven't really paid attention, but they already were. He was having another address with Congress today. So I don't know what's going to come out of that. All right. So to get a little biblical, since, since, yeah. we're, oh, since, oh. <laughs> <laughs> since we're pastors, right? At some point, oh. yeah. Just, so it's funny because I was I was I've just been studying John ten right mm -hmm. and it, it talks about Jesus talk about being the good shepherd mm -hmm. so he's using this sheep analogy right and he's right. talking about robbers like robber leaders mm -hmm. thief leaders versus good shepherd leaders mm -hmm. and he and actually it's where he says I am the gate mm -hmm. and actually in that um, it was a very understood connotation that in the wilderness they would set up a perimeter yep. and then. They would have a have an gate opening. That was There's an opening. Yeah, just and just the, about. The, and the shepherd would lay in that opening. Exactly. He would lay. In the I'm opening. the gate. I'm the gate. Yeah. So so then he would lead. When he would lead the sheep, it was by his voice. That's yeah. where he said, "My sheep know my voice." In fact, they would have thief shep people that would like come in to try to steal sheep. Sheep yeah. thieves. They would come dressed as the shepherd, and if the even if the shepherd couldn't overpower the thief, 
just by his voice, yeah. the yeah. sheep would follow him. Hmm. So the idea of he's modeling leadership and he's saying a shepherd leads with his voice, mm -hmm. lays himself down. Yeah. And then he said the, the fraud leader climbs over the wall. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I have to drive the sheep with fear, they yeah. would scare the sheep to yeah. run out of the gate because yep. the sheep won't follow me out of the gate. Yep. They only are driven out of the gate with fear. And you're seeing two leaders, one of whom is driving people with fear mm -hmm. and another who is laying at yeah. the gate. Sitting right in the middle of this conflict. Laying at the conflict. gate, right? And why did they lay at the gate? I will die. I will go down with they, this. They lay at the gate so that if yeah. a wolf had to step on them yeah. to get to the sheep, and you yeah. have a dude who's been offered to be extricated, yeah. to be flown out yep. of there. And he said, no, nope. thanks, the fight's here. Yep. I, I, I'm, you know, In the capital city, just sitting right there. I mean, what, Come and what get an it. example, honestly. It's incredible. I, I, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal just to see. I think his courage has inspired the world. It's inspired me, I'll tell I, you that. I, I, I mean. <laughs> Take a look in the mirror. I'm like, man, what, you know, what would I do? You yeah. know, I want to think I'd do the right thing. But yeah. when, 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 when they're blowing stuff up outside yeah. the, the, the door. I think that it's very possible that Putin and and – in his oligarchy, I, I think that they, it's just a guess, I think they underestimated what they were going to deal with in Ukraine. I think they thought they were just going to come in, walk right in over them, pull out those people, put their own leaders in. That's what they love to do. I mean, that's what they did back in 1979, okay, over in the Middle East. I mean, this is, you know, this is what Russia, this is what the, the mentality. We go in, put puppet governments in, we control, you know, the area, and they came and they ran into Fighters. somebody. They're just like, no, we're fighting. Yeah. And I think that's almost been the collective voice of the Ukrainian people. I mean, they're, they, I mean there have been a lot of refugees, and it's sad. Like, we, we've sure. tried to we've support Convoy of Hope as a church. Yeah. We sent them money. Like, I mean, you, it's, it, this is going to be and is the worst refugee crisis that we've seen probably since World War II. Maybe even then. I mean, there are upwards of close to 2 million people that have fled the country and, and trying to take care of all those people. Like, it's just... It, it's just unfathomable what's going on. I think, you know, I think it's sad because I think we do live a little bit, maybe here in the in the America and the West too, a little bit of probably an insulated life where, you know, we don't expect these kind of things to happen around the world. And when you're seeing it happen, I think it just breaks my heart. I, I was I was praying today, like, I, and I don't remember to do this all the time, but when I think about that in the moment, I'm like, I need. I want to make sure to pray for him because, you know, another, again, this is totally unrelated, and we're two pastors, so we can sometimes talk like this, and, and if you're not a, a faith person, that's fine. But I just think about, you know, what the Apostle Paul said when he said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And I think that there is a component, and I'm not saying it like Putin's demon-possessed and all this, but I think there's a component, a component of evil and demonic activity that happens in this kind of conflicts and happens that we can't see. And so it just kind of reminded me, it's like, man, I need to be praying, praying for just the people, praying that, praying that God would just help overthrow this, this kind of evil attack. Because it's an attack not just on the Ukrainian people, but I think this is the broader question. It seems to be an attack on democracy. There's something about Russia and the way they do stuff, because Ukraine really want, it was set up as a <coughs> democracy. And I think that's a, that's a big a big question, a big narrative. Mm. But speaking of leadership, let's just let's just transition. I would love to talk a little bit of leadership stuff because you and I both are living in those circles. Uh, there are people who are watching this, listening to, who probably operate in. I mean, I think we're all of us. I mean, you you become a parent, you're a leader. You, you know, you, you work as a manager, you you run a business, you're a leader. And I think leadership is kind of leadership. And so I'd love to, you know, obviously you um, 
there's not that many. You know what's funny? I, I, I run around a lot of ministry circles, and I don't find and don't run into a whole lot of pastors who are church planners. Hmm. You and I are both church planners. Most of, most of the people, when I go to a different things, I find out most of them ended up like they went and took over a church or they did this. You know, someone invited them. I don't want to say takeover. That's probably bad in the context. <laughs> we were just talking about. I'm just saying they, they, they step they in and they get hired in. They invaded. They hired in, but they didn't, they didn't start something. And yeah. so you, uh, you I feel like if I, if I know this correctly about your story, you moved down from Cleveland area or were you at Cedar Creek? No, I was, at, I was in Toledo. Toledo. Okay, yeah, Toledo. But I was at a church called Calvary. Calvary, yeah. okay. And so you came down to Columbus to start this church. When did you start one church? Uh, we started January of 11. 2011. Yeah. So you so over 10 years, year. 11 years. 11 just celebrated yeah. 11 years. I did, a, I, I did a year just working uh, locally. So you worked, if I remember your story, you worked at a gym. Yeah. Everybody you ran into, you're like, you, you ought to be part of a church, dude. <laughs> Pretty much. What a great way to start a church. Yeah. I love it because <laughs> when we started this church, we had no clue what we were doing, yeah. and it was a really rough. I just went and made friends. Rough, rough, I went yeah. and made friends. And, That's cool. and went to a, an environment I like being in. You know, I enjoy exercise. I, it was one of those gyms. I mean, they had basketball courts and, yeah. you know, a, a running track and whatever. So I was there. I was just making friends and, and then inviting people to come visit. That was what I would say because I didn't want them to feel like, you know, they would – it was the Hotel California or whatever you come mm -hmm. in, you can never leave. Yeah. It was like, hey, come visit. You know, we'll save yeah. you a seat. And yeah. that was kind of how we started it. So you got you got started. So your family moved down here. Did you have anybody with you that moved down, or was yeah. it just you? Yeah, we had a friend uh, that moved across the country. And then and then another guy who actually met at a church planting uh, boot camp. Um, hmm. They called it boot camp, but it was really? like a training event. Okay. So, so two different guys. Um who have actually since planted, uh, gone and planted other churches. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. No, we we had some help, and then, but you know, most of our team was just people we met here organically. I love that. Yeah. And so you built that, and you started January of eleven, mm -hmm. doing that. And is that when you were meeting the school? Did you yeah. start then in the yeah. school? That was yeah, probably we were a charter school. Yeah. Charter school mm -hmm. for a while, mm -hmm. and um, and so over the last eleven years, I mean, your your church has grown significantly, and um, and so. You um, you then went multi-site, mm -hmm. and we had, ta had talked about that, and you had another location. So I wanted. To, so speaking of like leadership, and um, you know, you had to make some hard decisions during the last couple of years. I think yep. all of us have. If, if you're in leadership, you had to make hard decisions. Yep. Um, things that sometimes weren't popular, and so <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, like um, you made a decision, and the reason why I can connect with this is because we had to make the same decision yeah. to. Uh, shut down one of our locations during yep. the pandemic that was not on our radar to do that mm -hmm. leading into the pandemic. My guess is the same thing with you, right? Oh, for sure. You know, we, uh, going into the pandemic, our whole plan was keep adding sites, you mm -hmm. know, because I think the, the simple logic was, at that time was um, if you want to reach a community, you have to put a physical expression in that yeah. community. It's like Kroger or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like, you're not driving across the city to go to Kroger. You yeah. better put one in your backyard. It's got to be convenient. So they're finding like, yeah, you know, certain like sort of OG Christians might be willing to drive 30 minutes, but most people won't, yeah. you know. So, so they, you know, there's all that math. And then the idea of being able to do that and, and the viability of, of, of uh, you know, satellite and all mm -hmm. of that. So that was our plan. And actually coming out of, actually in the middle of COVID and even sort of coming back from COVID, I thought, we might buy up buildings. Yeah. Because I was thinking a lot of churches are probably going to shut down during COVID. And instead of those becoming something else, what if we go buy them? I think they still will. Huh? 
I think you're. St- I think you're still going to see it. See what? Churches shutting down. Oh, for and sure. Buildings, I think you're going to see it oh, more and more oh, in the yeah. next few years. Oh, no question. I really do. Yeah. So uh, it is happening. I don't think it's a bad. I'm saying what I'm saying. I don't think that was a bad thought or no, strategy, no. and it's not something that we want. No. But but it's well, it's it's a reality. Yeah. Not just. I think it's not. Be. I think. You know, one of the things they've been talking about is like you know they're calling it the Great Resignation. It's yeah. not just from, not just from work in the secular place or marketplace, but it's also happening in ministry. Mm-hmm. And what they're estimating the amount of people to leave the ministry to retire to step out of it over the next five years is yeah. staggering. Yeah. And I think a lot of them, the, a lot of pastors are like, I'm trying to get through this. When they get through it, they're gonna be like, I'm done. Dude, my heart goes out because oh. honestly, our church did really great during COVID, like yeah. really great, and I'm whooped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, I'm going like, if if we had just been getting our teeth kicked in that whole yeah. time, I, I'm going like, why? Do what would I'm... you have left? You know yeah. what I'm saying? But anyway, we we I was thinking, maybe this is where we really double down on mm-hmm. on multi site and we go buy two or three buildings mm-hmm. and launch two or three campuses. But I think whenever you're making big decisions, especially when you're having, mm-hmm. you know, you step back and you you fly up to 10,000 feet and you look at everything and have discipline to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's probably a big shift as I've aged as a leader. When mm-hmm. I was young, I sort of probably had too much confidence in my gut. Mm. Thought I had like the golden gut. And like, <laughs> if, it, if it's in my gut, it's got to be God. If I had this idea, I'd run after it. <laughs> it's got to be. Got to be. And I would get, I would become really decisive and fixated. And I've learned over time to be more disciplined yeah. and to include more voices and be a little better listener. Mm. So we went through a process of really stepping back, looking at the landscape, engaged some people within our, you know, some of our leaders and to really walk through like, what is the vision of our church? What is God saying to us? Mm-hmm. So we really took uh, about the first nine months of 21 mm. to really look at that. And within that, we came up with what we think were some conclusions that, that we all sort of came to together. Mm. And the, the first was, you got to kind of start with self-awareness. Mm. And you go, what do we do? What are we great at? Yeah. What, what is working that, like, actually, you know, w- we could have some opportunity cost if we don't seize it. Mm-hmm. So we started finding, like, actually, our digital expression, we, we were doing it really well without focusing on it. Yeah. And, and so, I, like, I could go on and on mm-hmm. about how we came to those conclusions. But yeah. the bottom line is we feel like we're, that we're really, you know, that's yeah. an area that God's gifted us, yep. that we're, we're able to do well. Then you're doing like even just the numbers, right? The, the head brain stuff. Yeah. Like, okay, what does it cost to run the second location? Mm-hmm. In terms of are we losing money? Are we making yeah. money? Let's actually really look at the analytics. What's it doing in terms of the focus of our s- staff? Yeah. Um, are we good with systems? And we would look and we're like, we're not bad with systems right. but i'm not i'm not like a great systems leader like i can whiteboard like i imagine really good i imagine craig Gershell right is an incredible systems leader he's, he's gonna do and fine. He's, he's created a stamp model yeah plant 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 and this is everything systems. chris hodges yeah Th- these guys System. are these guys are gonna be yeah. fine right yeah. but i look at us we are moderately good to not really good at it mm-hmm. so things like the way i describe it like well how do you assess if you're good at mm-hmm. it okay i go i'm like this you have a baby your baby's really high maintenance. You're doing everything for it. Mm-hmm. But over a few years, your baby starts wiping itself. It turns into a, it's growing up. It's right. becoming less high maintenance in a sense. Right. It can get itself ready for school. <clears throat> it can make its own breakfast. Yeah. It can whatever. Ours wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, 
problems were staying problems. Mm-hmm. We, we weren't becoming simpler. Mm-hmm. Despite our best efforts, we, it's just, it's not our forte. Yeah. And so I think to get in and go, hey, we're not so urgent. It's not like we're bleeding money. And yeah. it was like, oh, we can't do this anymore. But I think if you wait until the decision is a no-brainer, mm-hmm. you've waited wait. too long. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's the difference between good leadership and great leadership is the anticipation of going, you know what, we're going to have the discipline to do this before it's like a big problem or before we have to. Mm-hmm. So the more we did that, we said, hey, this is what we do well. Let's do that well. Yeah. Let's simplify our entity. Mm-hmm. Let's also, even kind of reading the tea leaves among our leaders and team mm-hmm. in terms of their energy, Yeah. right? Not to get preachy, but yeah. you think back in First Kings, like Rehoboam, right? And the people come to her like, dude, we're tired. Yeah. You know, we're really tired. You know, if you if you like take a load off us, we'll be really awesome yeah. forever. He was <laughs> we'll like, love you. Forever. You think my dad was bad? <laughs> I got more of my pinky than <laughs> yeah. you know. It's like yeah. And yeah. So, so you're like, dude didn't read the tea leaves. Yeah. And, and, and like listen to left. the wrong advice. Everyone left. Yeah, lost so, it. So, so you're like at a certain point, like even if you're a, you know, if, if you if you have a bias toward big things and action, like at time you have to kind of go, what's up? Like what what's best for us today? Yeah. So what we're doing is really for the next three to five years, getting very simple. Yep. We're going to do our weekend service in Gahanna. We're doing, we're really focusing on digital duplication, basically everything we do mm-hmm. in terms of church, serving the church, we can yep. do digitally as well. And we can do it better than we're doing it now if we focus yeah. on it. So by removing that plate we were spinning, we, we, we focused our team, let them recuperate their emotional energy, mm-hmm. let them have healthy rhythms. Yeah. And, and, and at the same time, open ourselves up to things like, like what we're doing now, yeah. right? Making other types of content have the bandwidth for that. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we'll never re-enter multi-site. Right. I don't know, but I kind of like to learn on someone else's dime, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like to watch what someone else because because here's my hunch. Actually, I know. here's my hunch. And, and again, don't don't. This isn't a prophecy. No, no this, this is. isn't a prophecy. No, we're but marking it down. Hunch. Okay. This All is right, my, mark this down. I think live streaming might leapfrog satellites. Hmm. So, so, for example. Live stream is so good. Your guys' live stream is so good. I don't know about that, but if yes, I'm, sure. it is. If I'm going, if I'm going to watch it digitally, mm-hmm. am I going to put my makeup on, get my baby together, right. drive across town, do all this, or am I going to watch it in my house where it's highly convenient? Yeah, on my TV, I can put it up. Sure, everyone can do that now. Yeah. Being honest, before COVID, I didn't know how to put YouTube on my television. That was mm-hmm. embarrassing. I, I, I'm bad with that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Anybody can do it now. So, so to go digital is viable. Yeah. My question is, why would I physically go to a building for a digital experience when the one at home is so good? The only answer I can think of is because community is so great. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, but I don't, so let me, let me, let's challenge that for a little bit. It's good to talk about because we've been in that same headspace as well. I think a a lot of the things that you just uh, said, we, we walked through our, our situation a little bit different in the fact that we were opening this facility, moving out of another one that we, I mean, like, you know, we had our last Sunday and then we never went back to that building. It was never even planned, you know, to go that way. And when we were looking at coming back from, you know, trying to start back from COVID, knowing the climate, what it was like. It was like, there's no way we can handle two locations with the staff, with the bands, with the, like, we're like, we, how many people are gone? How many people are here? Like, we were just like, there's no way we can do it. It's going to stretch us way too thin. 
So then we made that. Plus, we had this space that we we're walking into. It was huge, and we we're like, we got to fill it. We got to figure out how to, you know, operate. So we made that same decision. Um, and honestly, it was a hard decision to make, very hard, because I knew how many people it would disappoint. I knew how many people would be like, this was my church, you my community, my, my campus. Pastor you just took it away. Took my church away. Yeah, and I knew that, but we as the, the church in general are a million times healthier than we were even at coming going through the rest of the pandemic that mm-hmm. our staff, like you said, you know, the complexity, like our staff realignment, things got really simple. It's been a blast having everybody back together on Sundays. Like I'm like, I didn't realize how much I miss that. Like having everybody here versus we're all, bur- you know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and it's like, I am having a lot of fun and it's, I'm not saying we, I, told you, I don't, I'm not saying we wouldn't do multi side again, but I'm going to do it from a place of strength. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it from a place of like that, but we've, but but the list, I want to just kind of push in real quick on on the digital thing. Um, I, I I I kind of agree. We did the same thing. We were like, let's lean into digital. We still have been trying to do that, trying to figure out. Okay, if we offer this at the church and this at the church, so we even started creating some discipleship stuff, some some labs in our primary vehicle was doing it on video first, even for people within our local community going, hey, we want to make this available to anybody. So we were going we're going down that direction as well. But at the same time, I also feel like I just don't know we can ever get away from spaces. Here's, here's some of it's like the first people that we had, I don't know if you had this, the first people that came back after kind of COVID over the last year, um, families with kids. If you're a parent, Sunday morning, you got a bunch of kids, Sunday morning is not, it's hard to focus. You got kids there, you know what I mean? I feel like that's always going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. I think community is a big one. One of the things that we're seeing, I don't know if you guys are seeing this, is as of late, we're seeing like it's never been. I want to say easier. That sounds terrible to um, get people to step into things to com- to connect. We, I mean, we used to try before, and now it's like, hey, uh, new season. If you want to join a circle, small group, hey, go there. Fifty people are showing up. Going, yeah, we want to join. It's like all these people. So I think that there's a. It'd be interesting to see how this plays out. Now, our digital is, I think, still reaching people, and it's there. I think this, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I so so in all those things, I just don't know that buildings will ever go away as long as parents are having kids. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a lot of parents that don't feel adequate. And we want to help them. They don't feel adequate with their kids when it comes to spiritual stuff. I really do. And, you know, and so where do you think that fits into this? Obviously, you guys are still doing brick and mortar. You have the, the location. Yeah. So it's not, I know you're not saying that. But how do you see that need playing out with what you're trying to do digitally? Yeah, so I think for us personally, mm-hmm. okay, I, I think, well, let me say this. I think everything you're saying is is correct. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think people, um, you know, are, are opening up again <clears throat> to, you know, definitely wanting to be social. I think it's yeah. actually a, seems to be a bit easier now than it was before and all of that. Yeah. I think for us, our ability to duplicate ourselves mm-hmm. to another location remotely, mm-hmm. we, we we aren't good at that yet. Mm. Our, our systems being a well-oiled machine, yeah. I could give you examples of just things that stayed broken that then cause cost us in yeah. terms of what that does to the culture yep. and the community and all of that. I understand. So I think uh, if a church is great at that mm-hmm. and they're able to really stamp that really yeah. well, which I maybe we can get there. Yeah. We're just not there yet. Yeah. If we do get there, and if that is something that people go, yeah, I'll drive there for mm-hmm. this. Okay. I I think the other the other thing too is the models can change, and I think you're going to see that more. I think you're going to see like 
a multi-site church mm -hmm. that maybe was all digital. Okay, and I'm again, I'm not talking about Life Church and sure. High yeah, and These guys are freaks. Yeah, they okay, in a good way. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is the ones like us, I think the multi-site model might it might lend itself to in-person communicators more than the digital because you go, yeah, we we need brick Correct. and mortar and right. or we we need to connect, but like we connect at each other's house or we going to connect in other locations that even as a church, I have to look myself in the mirror and go, what does it physically cost mm -hmm. to to run that building yeah. does is what it's accomplishing is the draw there yeah financially yeah. economically and how many viable. people did you have to go help do that that could be here you know what i mean yeah, we, sent you, sent, we sent 100 people that's what i mean you know and and again what it, it's just it, it is a bit of They're on great the business questions. side of the church yeah. you know it, it it's i think the high quality live streaming i think people i'm not saying no one would want to go to a brick and mortar satellite. Sure. Because sure. I think some would. Yeah. I think, but I think these other, like everyone's investing in that infrastructure mm -hmm. right now because of, dude, we're talking about Ukraine. Two weeks ago, when it all went down, or a few weeks ago, when it all went down, we had people in Ukraine in our live stream going, we're here from Ukraine. Yeah. So you're going like, how viable that is, how, sure. how accessible it's an it is. Incredible tool. You, you, you can forget you're in yeah. your living room, you think you're at church. Yeah. So, so to go, is that the most financially responsible way for us to, you know, to do is to go buy up millions and millions sure. of dollars of buildings? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm still curious. Yeah. But, but I kind of want to. I love, I love what you're saying, though. And I, I just, I wanted to, I, I love to get into that space and talk. Again, this may not, people may not care as much about that. But I, I mean, that's, you know, I, I think I'll it's our the, world. I, I think the difference between you and I, too, or uh, I could be wrong on this, you, at least my perception, you are. You are a better leader than me. This, uh, that's mm -hmm. my that's my opinion. You are a better leader than me. It, like your understanding of like strategy, tactical systems, like th those. I'm type more. Of things, I'm system minded, dude. Naturally, I mean, I'm, I'm not really. Yeah. I would. I don't enjoy a, a two or three hour meeting about strategy, vision, mm -hmm. multi site mm -hmm. to come out and go. Hey, yeah. we're gonna go. Here's how we're gonna circle the city. That's yeah. not. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I can go there if I apply my brain. I have to fight to stay engaged. To be honest with you, I would rather be in a three-hour meeting about John Ten, personally. <laughs> there you go, hundred yeah. percent. How yeah. how do we tilt the prism yeah. on John Ten? Yeah, turn the you know present a piece of That's art cool. to folks. Mm -hmm. So for me, within that, like, I have to be honest about how God has made me. Yeah, and not not that that's a reason to shirk responsibility, no. but but like to go. My passions, like what's going to keep me in it yeah. for the long haul is knowing my gifts and staying in those. Mm -hmm. And then I certainly don't want to underachieve in terms of how many people we reach. But at the same time going, the, the way the way that I lead and the way even that I present isn't great with system. Like they're, they're, yeah. they always want all my stuff two weeks out. Yeah, I don't I don't like doing that either, though. I'm, <laughs> I'm with like, you. I'm like, Saturday, that, I'm changing well, everything. <laughs> I don't know if Saturday. I'm, I'm a little bit better than that, but only oh, because dude. I have to, because I force, but I, I'm also that, like, I'm that week. Yeah. Like, I'm that week of. I mean, I, 
we'll do stuff out there, but like I'm preparing, so like, and I and I'm terrible at that. Hey, two three weeks out, yeah, I got my outline, and I don't have that stuff. I'll blow it up I, on a Saturday. So, so that's why, and I'm preaching that night. That's why we don't. Yeah, I don't have a problem. That, that's why we don't hand out an outline. Yeah. Oh, dude, they, I don't. I don't I, hand out I'm an like, outline. Sorry. They've done it before. I'm like, no. yeah, man, I don't. Uh, I might be done Thursday. I've got, you know what I mean. Yeah, so you, you can hand it out next week <laughs> for the one I did this week. I but I love what you're saying because I, I think there's hold on. I think there's a there's something actually really beautiful in what you're saying. And I, let's just kind of we'll we'll finish on this. How about this day? I think one of the greatest things that we can do is have an incredible self awareness of our gifting and in our arena. Let me say what we feel is a calling, right? And and if I think all of us we share the same thing, and that is we want to reach people with the good news of Jesus. That's our calling. Our God, you know, we all have the gospel. That we have. and I think every Christ follower should have that same one too. Though, we have a calling, we feel like a vocational ministry to lead it. But here's the thing. If you look like me, we're, we're not reaching the people that we're reaching. If I look like you, and it, I don't look like Craig or Shell, and it's like I don't want to do the Life Church thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, in fact, I, I'm so enjoying for a season, who knows how long, not the headache. Multisite mm-hmm. was a headache. It's not, not even pulling off there, but the everything behind the mm-hmm. scenes. Not the, oh, you can do it on Sunday, but it was really challenging when you're dealing with the technology, when you're dealing with the staff structure, when you're dealing with, you know, dotted lines. So all these, all these things that go into managing it, really complicated, mm-hmm. complex. Mm-hmm. And so I'm enjoying the simplicity, and I feel like in this season, it's, I'm getting rewired as well. I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel like I've been getting, I'm getting rewired. The things that I'm seeing as valuable, it's, it's, you know, it's this Isaiah 54. It's like, I want to stretch the tent, enlarge the tent, but I also want to drive the stakes deep. And one of the things that I think you probably, I mean, I saw this coming out of the pandemic was the moment we don't have, you know, a building and a space where people are coming, then I think there was a real question is, what, what was the quality, how, how good are we mm-hmm. at really creating disciples who, mm-hmm. who feel like they can handle these kind yeah. of moments and they wouldn't necessarily need this in order to continue right. to connect with people. And I got to be honest, like I'm putting a mirror in front of us and go, not good. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. And so we're kind of, we did the same thing. I think what's, so this is the blessing of an unplanned, like having to, having to mitigate in the middle of this and close this and it's painful and it's hard. The blessing for us has been to recircle, like recircling the wagon and kind of going, what are, what are we really going to be about? Yep. And I, so I don't, I'm with you. I'm not closing the door that right. we won't no. go multi-site again or do what it look like, but it might look different. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all, you know, the model we did, it could be like what you're saying, it could be more franchise based, it could be this, it's church, who knows what it's going to look like. And I don't think we have to have the answer, but I love what you said about you need, you need to follow the passion, the gifting that God's put in you. You are, what I would be say that I've seen in you is that you're incredibly relational far more than I am. I have to struggle to, you know, I, I'm relational, but I'm, but I'm not like, like you're on another scale. Like, you just are, I, I've just seen that ooze out of you. Like, when you're around people, hey, bros, come on, we're just, we're together with this. You know what I mean? Like, there's, and I think it's beautiful, and it's, like, something that I'm, I feel like in this process, I'm growing in that, like, how to be far more just present in the moment. And so I think you have to leverage who you are for the kingdom of God and, and not try to be anybody else. And I think it's hard. I think one of the things that's been, can I just say something that's been really helpful for me in this season is I got off social media a little mm. over a year ago. Mm. I mean, I have a team, which is nice. I got, you know, 
a social media director that kind of manages my account. So we post stuff and I personally haven't been on. So you know what it's done for me is that um, I have no idea what other churches are doing. Mm. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Unless somebody tells me or whatever, it's like, I don't know what Life Church, I don't know what Voodoo, I don't know. That. I, I have no clue what other people are doing. The beauty of that, I mean, I feel like I'm out of the loop. I don't care. The beauty of that is all I'm doing is looking at what has God called me to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to follow that. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's so hard because we've, we've been, you know, social media has made it so that we're always like comparing mm-hmm. what we do and what we have and what we're doing with somebody else. And if they're doing that, then maybe we should be doing that. And it's like, Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe I'm not wired for that. Yep. And I want. I find the most joy doing what I'm most wired. What I'm, you know, what God wired me to do. Yep. So I think there's incredible wisdom in that. Yep. So I just applaud you for. I think the way you've led through the last couple of years to me is, I think it's brilliant. Thank you, dude. Uh, I'll tell you one one of the things that, uh, you know, I've really tried to wrestle through and sit in the tension mm-hmm. uh, as I'm asking the Lord to search me and search my heart and help me to, you know, ultimately yeah. serve His people well. Is, is trying to distinguish between what is my personality wiring and what is God really leading. So, for example, mm-hmm. I have personality wirings, as do you, yeah. in terms of uh, a bias toward action or boldness. Mm-hmm. And actually, what can actually be the catalyst or the driving force to bold action for me, yeah. if, I'm being, if I'm being self-aware and digging, yeah. sometimes is fear. Yeah. Because I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid, like, oh, what if we don't do this? We're going to get left behind. Oh, what mm. if we don't? Yep. People are going to get bored. Oh, what if I? So, so it's an anxiety or fear that's mm. driving something that I can absolutely have both self-deception yeah. and public deception mm. and calling it faith yeah. because it's bold. When it might actually be more of a personality trait. It, for me, good. it takes more faith mm. to throttle down. Mm. It takes more faith to rest. That's good. I didn't rest for years because I didn't have enough faith to. For years. Because you're trying to carry it. You're trying to because I think it's all dependent it's on, on you. me. Yeah. And and, and so good. so like so going to downshift or to close, close a look, campus th- I'm with you. That takes massive faith yeah. because it is like I, you know, like I boxed at one point. Yep. I, it, it oh, took, there's so many bro, things I would love to talk about. It took me six months to learn to go backwards because I I always thought I had to be coming forward. But that's not boxing. Uh, yeah. That's a bull in, yeah. a, in a china shop, right? A bull in there just knocking junk over. At a certain point, the greatest boxers know how to give yeah. ground. So, so Wait, you, Mayweather? Mayweather, the greatest defensive, he doesn't throw half the time. Never lost. I know. He never lost a yeah. battle. Okay, so he, Man, he, he's like giving ground, giving ground, giving ground. So, like, to, to know the difference between, yeah. dude, this is actually a, dis, a dysfunctional expression mm. of a God given gift. That's good, dude. To know the difference between that and what is actually faith. Yeah. And and, and so, like, I'm just asking God daily, like, Lord, show me the difference Mm. because all I want to do is follow you. That's all I want to do is be obedient to you. And if that means i got to come over here and do this, then I I will. And and yet it's sometimes hard to know the difference. Yeah. I love it, dude. Man, thank you for coming on here today. I really have. I've just – we don't even get to talk enough, so if I use this as an excuse, I'd love to hear your heart, like – I just think you just dropped some vulnerability and some wisdom. And so I think for anybody that's kind of watching this, listening to this, I, you know, I think there's so many takeaways from everything you said, which I think what you said at the end, I love so much, which is maybe the greatest step of faith that you will take might not be what you go accomplish or achieve or what you think it is, but it might be what you say no to. It might be what you, you cut out of your life. It might be what you let go of. 
like that I think is rich. Thank you. I think that's gold. And so, hey, thank you so much, uh, obviously, Greg, for joining us. How can people connect if they want to hear more from you? I don't care if it's our church, any of that. What What's the best way they can follow you or yeah, church? Yeah, so um, my handle is Gregory A. Ford. Gregory A. And Ford. And then our church is just spelled out one.church. One.church. That's the URL. And, uh, and so maybe go give Greg a follow. I, I just think he, you have incredible content. I love it. I love you. I'm praying for you all the time, man. Thank you. And, uh, hey, thank you all for joining us today for this episode. If you have any comments or questions or, as, as always, any emails, you can send them to podcast at the X dot church. We love for you to always rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> You're crazy, dude, for those who are listening and not watching. Greg is trying to make puppet faces through the camera lens. Anyways, hey, thank you for sticking with us today. Love you. We'll catch you next week.